Well, gosh, um, by now you're just about exasperated, right? And I can appreciate that. Um, so, wow, when you stop thinking, of, let's step back, and this is only, we're, again, we're, we're just about through, but I want to just help you know what the next steps are. Um, God, we started with this grand project that hopefully helped us become Christ-centered more than just sentimentally or emotionally, but methodologically. What is our theological vision? And as I promised, uh, I hope you've seen how we, we've, we've come from that grand, abstract sort of vision to really some really weedy stuff here. I mean, we're getting into, I mean, look at how we've gone from, and we call that an deductive. So it was very intentionally a deductive approach this weekend, starting with the, the grand and the theological vision, moving into various aspects of that theological vision, all the way to the point of now getting into tactics. I mean, what you just heard was a tactical plan in many respects. So, so you have a lot to, pro- my point is you have a lot to process, <laughs> don't you? Um, I want to, first of all, uh, remind you that um, I want to take you to the website real quick. I meant to do this right before I got up here, but you, you ended uh, five minutes early. Boy, that's good. Oh, I got five minutes. Yeah, come on, come on. So uh, let me, here it is. Um, is it up there? So I want to make sure you know, by the way, we've been teaching this course uh, for, well, almost 20 years. Um, it's a lot of the materials uh, have been taught every every time. Uh, most of us as pastors, now that we've been together here, three of us for, how long have we been together now? Five, seven, something like that year? Seven years at least, because you had a spatter. So we've we've all taught different these different things. I mean, we've actually, you know, sometimes he's taught the theology, sometimes I've taught the leadership. So a lot of this has been collaborative, and you'll see a lot of those collaborating materials in this website. And, and there are even more if you go to the old one. But the point is, um, I want to make sure you see what you have here. Uh, um, so, so take the time to go in there and do it. Um, here it is, Total Christ Vision. Um, there's some PowerPoints that I usually use to teach for those. Those are here. So if you're a PowerPoint guy or girl, go in there and you want to review, go use that PowerPoint. Um, same thing with the, uh, the, le- the, the whole ecclesial evangelism. I don't think there's a PowerPoint here. There is this issue of, from baptism to Lord's Supper, the issue of if you're a Sunday school teacher or a parent, uh, the issue of child evangelism. Uh, confessional theology, there's quite a few here. PowerPoints. The, we didn't get to talk a lot about worship and the sacramental value. Um, there is a PowerPoint there on tradition and worship. You'll see parts of what we did in the confessional there. You'll see also a whole list of stuff about worship. Um, again, there's a wonderful PowerPoint. I actually did it for the Christian Union over at Yale about, I don't know, four years ago maybe it was. Um, a great little PowerPoint uh, that just we've assumed the credibility and the uh, sufficiency of Scripture this is a whole PowerPoint that goes through archaeological stuff. There's just a ton of stuff there. Um, so you might want to look at that. And I'm not going to go through all these. You'll see them as you go. But just make sure you go and take the time to go through them. Um, it, it, or you, these are your resources uh, that will back up some of the stuff that we've done. Um, I believe now we're getting the PowerPoint that he just used on here. I think, uh, Chris, you just did that. So that whole PowerPoint with all those wonderful illustrations from all sorts of sources are on there for you. Um, and and to be clear, that's not the only resource you have. I'm really pretty amazed at what God has been doing here. If you go to the all classes, and you see how I'm doing it, 
you have the Christian basics, and, and there you have a, 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 the class, the Apostles' Creed, Christian Foundations. I mean, this is an amazing, uh, let me just, I just kind of show it off here. Uh, look what we have here. This is the John Rooney, uh, you know, thing on, on history. It's going to take a while probably to download. I probably shouldn't have done it. But there's a wonderful PowerPoint right here. How does it show? All right. Um, but it's just, you know, and Chris has been doing all of this work. Praise God. It's just amazing. So you can take that whole course, you know, and it's all video. His, all of his PowerPoints are here, and they're amazing PowerPoints. And so you can just go right through here and do a church history. Um, just to remind you, the big picture, we have a school of discipleship here. This is the, the levels. You see the levels and the classes that are part of that. And it's all explained to you there. So this is one of the courses. You, this particular course, I believe, is in level, what is it, three or two? Two, three. Yeah, Christian Witness and Service, it's, it's found there in the uh, level three. Uh, Apologetics and Evangelism course, the Missionary Encounters of Other Faces, is another course. Uh, we encourage you to take advantage of all this stuff. And then you go into level four, Shepherd Leader. We just completed that. Um, and some other things. You have electives here. So... Next step is keep learning. <laughs> keep, uh, you know, once this is just an introduction, and it was really a really primer introduction. Um, and hopefully it's gotten your, your, your wet whistle or whatever, the whistle wet or whatever that's called. Um, so that's my first part. Second part, um, I want to just remind you again of where we started, actually. Uh, I'm just going to look at it myself, but it just can't be reiterated enough. This course, I want to repeat what we did the first moment we got together. This course cannot give you the spirit of leadership. Um, we talked about Matthew uh, 4 and the call. Um, it is, it is if, if, you, if you are not experiencing the sense of privilege it would be to participate with Christ in the kingdom of God, uh, that to me is at the very core of what true spiritual leadership is. We talked a lot about it, but I just want to remind you there's a sense in which this, this, this sense of the disciples, when Jesus looked upon them, undressing them in their identity, if you will, they were to leave or to, to set aside their, their work, to set aside their bottom lines. There, there's a whole lot of setting aside in a call to do ministry. And spiritual leadership. And um, so I'm just reminding you again, full circle, that when we're talking about a call, um, it starts with an inward sense of privilege. A privilege to participate with Christ in the epicenter of the kingdom of God when we're talking about the church, where there's binding and loosing, where people's, you are in that, remember we talked about the axis mundi. When you are engaged in, in spiritual leadership, God is inviting you to go into the most sacred place in a person's life and be part of that, that I want to say magical, but it's deeper than that. It's that sacramental union of Christ with a person in a particular way and situation at that moment. It's, it's the greatest privilege you could ever have. It's eternal. And one of the things that I think we really have to pray against is dutiful leadership. Now, dutiful leadership is good on a pragmatic level. But I think so much of what Kevin was referring to in terms of the, uh, is, uh, of the burnout is, is it really is a reflection that we've lost perhaps something of the, yeah, there's some things we need to take responsibility for. But, but at the very heart of it is our, 
Are we being transformed by Christ? Are we experiencing the grace that we're, that we're pushing here? <laughs> and so I just want to reiterate, I just don't know how to say it enough. I could have said it a hundred times. Your personal relationship with Christ, your participating in the means of grace as a Christian first, your coming to worship and clicking off the leadership hat and putting on the child of God hat. I mean, it is something that by God's grace, almost every Sunday I think about as I'm about to preach. It's one of the, it's just somehow the Lord put that in my life. But almost every week before I'm preaching, I step back and go, hold it now. I am now becoming a child of God. Even though I will be pro- proclaiming, I want you to preach to me, Lord. I need to experience this worship. I don't know how to convey that to you, but whether you're serving on a leader team, whether you're doing Sunday school, we, we have to engage what we're doing as children of God first. And I think that's such an important thing. What happened here with the disciples is they were ex- seeing and experiencing and participating in the life-changing paradigm change and power experience of Christ's kingdom come. And, um, and I think that's so crucial. So, Please, I pray for you. Um, Ask God by the power of the Holy Spirit to give you this response, one that comes out of your being a child of God first. Never lose your identity as a child. God loves you not because of what you can do for him. Just let that sink. I mean, I know what I feel when I see my children when they were young out on a playground that maybe I had built, and to see them play and be happy, that's a father's love. God loves you, wants you to flourish. And you have every opportunity to flourish through the means of grace of the mediatorial presence of Christ through the body, through those five marks that we talked about. You can flourish with that too. And it's all right to flourish in it. In fact, it's a ne- my point is it's, it's required that you, if you could put it that way, that you flourish in it in order to be a reproducing leader. And so that's really, really important. Um, one final thing before I do the calling is, is it was very interesting. This is more anecdotal, kind of relates to that, is, you know, Kevin mentioned the importance of taking responsibility for yourself and your ministry. It struck me how important that that was a beautiful segue between the counseling and the leadership's uh, module, if you think about it. Because what we talked about in the counseling session is, is all those issues that um, wants us to take responsibility in Christ for our health. In other words, no matter, the, you know, a leader is, is someone who takes responsibility for themselves and for their ministry, and only being... A healthy person in Christ, can you do that, is what I'm trying to say. There's a real connection, again, between being a healthy Christian child of God and then being a good leader. You know, when you're not healthy, when your identity's not intact, when you're not feeling forgiveness, all the stuff that came out of that whole counseling course that we just had, all the things that were happening there, um, leaders tend to blame their superiors. They didn't give me what I needed, or they blame their inferiors. My team didn't do what they were supposed to do. A spirit-filled, gospel-centered leader takes responsibility for all of that. Well, if my superiors don't, uh, didn't give me what they need, it's my responsibility to help them know what they need to give me. 
Or if my inferiors, you know, I'm using that word in an old English sense, right? I don't mean personally. My inf- if my team members are, fa- then that's my, what if I, I haven't done my job? I haven't trained them yet. Now, how do you get to that kind of strong uh, leadership? Back to what I just said. It starts with you being a child of God first and getting all those issues settled with God so that you now can take responsibility, not only for your own health, because you have every means of grace available to you by God. Your health is your responsibility ultimately, in Christ, I mean. And then you take responsibility for your ministry because your identity is intact with Christ. You're forgiven, you know, all the stuff. So that's just such an amazing thing that I was listening to here and thinking about. It's just good, good leaders take responsibility for, for, for their own health and as a child of God as well as the health of, of their ministry. And um, it really comes down to that. Well, with that final word, let me go to the calling. So what's next for your calling? Um, I'm not going to go this, – this handout's in the thing, of, as you know. But uh, – What's next? Well, it's going to be a holistic question. God has, there's, you know, we talk about this a lot, but God has called, you have a calling singular in scripture. You know what that is? Follow after Christ, to be a disciple of Christ. That's your, your calling, to be a disciple of Christ. And we know that in scripture, that then translates into many callings, plural. There's only one Lord here, though. The Lord is not the church, the state, or the family, the three spheres of calling. The Lord is Jesus Christ. You have one calling, to be a disciple of Christ. That really helps me, by the way. Ultimately, I'm not accountable except to Christ, and you're not either. So you start with Christ and being a follower, and then you, informed by that whole wisdom model, we, we, this is where we would talk about that, the whole wisdom model of discerning the will of God, the will of Christ, you begin to have values form, and those values form priorities, and all of a sudden you walk through this, but know that it's going to involve these, these uh, three spheres. And we won't go through it. Public service, for most of you, is your, your, your vocation, if you will, your, or your, your job, I should say. Your vocation is to follow Christ in the true sense. Um, and, and so what I want to do here is just, re- is, is to, as you do that, to remind you that you do have to consider all three, and here's my point, though. It would be very naive to think that you can have a two-sphere worldview and then add a third to it. If your worldview, this, this is a really important point that I see over the years. If your worldview really, to be honest, is, if let's say you're married and you have a family. If your worldview is my job, my, I... I I am a father, husband, and I am a, you know, an economist. And then I go to church, or then there's church out there. Like kind of what he alluded to, church almost to support those two as my idols. You're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to fit this in because you've already filled your time, you filled your heart, you filled your mind, you filled it all with two spheres, work and family. And going to a session meeting or going to a SLB meeting will always get in the way of your life. It'll always get in the way because your life is a two-sphere life. Or maybe it's a one-sphere life, work. And then the family gets in the way. You see how that works? There is no call here 
except that you must make the transition of a three-sphere life. Which means that you're going to have your spheres, or now they won't be equal like this in, in, in a time sense. I'm not looking at a time sense. But I am looking at it in a, there's a lordship of Christ, and all three of these, here's my point, all three of those spheres that you're looking at right there are equally instituted of God and are of equal importance. There is no hierarchy in the Bible. Family first, job second, church third, or church first, job, God, you know, there's no hierarchy like that. They're all services to God. They're all following after Christ. All instituted by what we call Juro Divino, positive institution. So on the good news, if you're coming out of the medieval period, the reformers push back on the church being the only calling, and we're going to say, yep, nope, family's a calling too. Luther made it clear, changing diapers is just as important as preaching. Or being a, a milkmaid over here, as he called her, is just as important as me serving the, the Lord's Supper. In the sense of the grand sense of serving Jesus Christ, they're all important. See, that's how the Reformation restored the sacred-secular problem. But now we've gone reverse most of the time. Now it's the job that's all sacred in our heart, really. And our leftover time is going to be the church or even sometimes, sadly, the family. What we're saying here is there is no calling here if what you're going to try to do. It's, just, it's, a, non, it's, a, deal, it's a deal breaker. I want to tell you that right now. It's a deal breaker. If your worldview is a two-sphere, one-sphere worldview, say, family and work, or whatever it is. So whatever you do here, part one is you're going to have to discern how you can manage these three spheres, all three of, of, of great importance, but in a way that emotionally and even in some ways practically, there's room in your heart, your mind, and your time for all three. And it's going to require exactly, that's why I started where I did, it's going to require exactly what happened in Matthew 4. Where at some point you're going to have to leave the boat. And you're going to have to do it with a sense of privilege. And only the Holy Spirit can do that for you. This class can't do that. Only that can happen. It is a privilege. One that I would lament for all of you that you wouldn't have an opportunity to do. But it's only what you can do with God. Now, with that being said... Back now, you've decided you're in three spheres. You have a three sphere life, okay? You, you're kind of there. How would you know what you're to do? And this is the simple part uh, conceptually. First, you'd go get counsel. I mean, always consider yourself, he alluded to it, talk to people who are your friends and who are godly and listen and make sure you listen because what we think we're supposed to do and what we may or ought to be doing in the life of the church or in the kingdom of God can be two different things. Usually, there is a track record of your aptitude, your strengths, your weaknesses. you got a history here, okay? I mean, if you've never started th- anything in your life, come on. You're probably not going to be a church planner. You know? And that's not bad. It's not bad. Believe me. You may be a perfecter. Taking an idea that's already been materialized, and then you go in there and you really make it a beautiful thing. You, you perfect it. That's a wonderful thing to have around. So, summary, work the triangle. Um, this is the triangle. You start with your, your whole idea of your values coming out of a biblical revelation, a biblical worldview of life. 
It's the whole wisdom model that Kevin introduced that we need to go to right here. The whole idea of the wisdom model and how we would work that. I've said it many times. If you're waiting to study theology when you have a decision make, it's going to be impossible. You have to just have a whole system of worldview theology. And all of those parts, like a web of belief, will come together and give you values and give you a sense of purpose. So you start with just the biblical worldview. And then there's the internal factor, starting with your desire, your gifts, your aptitudes. And there's the external factors, the needs that are around you. You know, one of the ways I know that there's a a calling is someone comes up to me and complains. I don't mean that in a negative sense. I mean, somebody comes up to me and says, you know, Pastor, have y'all ever thought about doing blank, blank, and blank? And, you know, we really don't seem to be doing this very well. And I go, that is great. That's exactly what it sounds like. If, as long as it's not a critical spirit, kind of, you don't want those people leading either. But, but it's a real sense of, man, y- y'all could be doing this a lot better. Have you ever thought about this? And, I, and y'all probably said this to some of you before, right? I bet you somebody, I've turned that to you, or I've said, you know, maybe God's calling you to help us with that. That's a really good sign, by the way, if you see a problem. You see a problem, maybe God lets you see the problem because there's something that's supposed to happen. Now you're going to have to submit it to the whole and all that. So the way we use that, and here's a quote from our confession, these three concurrent tests. Ordinarily, vocation to office in the church is the calling of God by the Spirit. I just unpacked that line for the last 10 minutes. Through the inward testimony of a good conscience, manifest appropriation of God's people outward, and the concurring judgment of the lawful court of of church. All that that last out. The The God by the Spirit... Self-examination, inward testimony, there's a perceived burden, desire to serve Christ relative to a specific need, perceived ability, congregational affirmation, outward testimony, both members and the session as its governors. Your Christian experience would be examined, your knowledge, etc., depending on the thing. So here's the next steps. Well, I don't have my little blue card with me. You got a blue card. I would prefer before you leave, if you want to use it, use it. It's in your little folder. And first, you prayerfully review qualifications and training required to interest, for interested spiritual leader, office, or position. You go back and review those, those different positions, and, and there are many of them. Annie, where would, she find, where would they find that for like a team leader, an SLB, all that stuff? In the leadership handbook. Okay, it's in the, so the, she gave you that resource on that resource card. Go to the leadership handbook. And you'll see a whole lot of ministries here with, with the job descriptions assigned to them, etc. That's at least in this church. Prayerful consultation, like I said, and particularly utilizing the, uh, you know, express interest. What you're going to do is take that card. You can also go online. Is that right, Annie? Um, not for this card yet. Okay, but you're going to do that or not? Will that be something they do or you wanted to get that? I think we said you're going to put that online. So maybe you could do that a little so some of you won't want to bring the card back to church. You can do it online. But you go and you express interest. Utilizing the interest cards or email, or, or I guess you could email Annie. That would be another way to do it. Um, of express interest, a consultation will be scheduled as follows. If interested in the session, senior pastor. If interested in WLB, senior or associate pastor. If interested in SLB, associate pastor. If interested in becoming a teacher, team leader, small group leader, et cetera, you see who you're, somebody's going to be in contact with you. So if you tell us you're interested that's saying, I want a consultation. I want to talk to someone who knows about this ministry and, and talk about me doing that. 
nomination process, we've already begun that, as you know, for session and WLB and SLB, I should mention. I don't, oh, yeah, there it is. Session, L, WLB members for WLB nominations review and invite to apprenticeship. Um, that's if they, after consultation and all that stuff, you will be given an opportunity to be an apprentice. If, if, and, and with that, if you haven't already completed the requisite uh, training, you'll be asked to begin to do that. If, if you haven't already. We've already offered that course this year. Many of you maybe have already done it or at least part of it. If it's for the process of SLB, names will be vetted by SLB and utilized to invite as team members or team leader apprentices as appropriate. Teacher small group leadership. Those interested in serving as a teacher of small group or group leadership indicate on cards and email admin and the appropriate person will get back with you. It might be, one. Of the, it depends. It might be the, one of the pastors for the small group. It might even be Heather if it's a Sunday school teacher, but we'll be working that through the system. And then if there's any other thing you want to help out with, put it on the card. You see something in this church that you, there are many smaller, not smaller, but other tasks that you could put. We want you all to participate. And let me just end with the way I started in the sermon of when this whole process started. I can tell you that this church has probably never been in a more needy place than I can remember than right now for more leaders. This church is, is a mother right now of a lot of things. And the temptation, the fear that I have is that as the mother, the mother gets forgotten. But it's more than a mother. This is also a church plant still. We are planting a church here. But it's also, we have other church plants. So my point is that, that um, I just, I want you to hear me say that if you're here I can tell you that we really are needy right now in a good way. I mean, all because there's some excitement. But this church needs you. It really does right now. We need more elders desperately. We need more servant leader board members desperately. There are ministries in our church that we need leaders to step in because we're not doing a good job. Mercy ministry. We need people that are going to be focused on mercy ministry big time. And I could go on and on and on. So I pray that God will help you see that they're, you know, Focus on what the needs are. Talk to a pastor to discern what those needs are because they're there or an elder or a WLB member or all these people we talked about. Prayerfully consider what you can do. And if you hear the voice in your heart, say, follow me and become fishers of men. And you can make that three-sphere transition, two-sphere maybe in your life now to a three-sphere transition and jump out at your boat. We are going to be excited to have you. All right? Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for every man and woman in this room. Thank you for the work you're doing in their life. We do pray, Father, that, oh, gosh, help us just to see the incredible privilege to participate in, in the kingdom of God, the epicenter of the very powerful and life-changing presence of Christ in, with, and through his church. We pray, Father, that you will direct us and guide us, give us wisdom, Protect your church that it might be Christ's church always. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you, and God bless. See you tomorrow.